Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Well, hello, good morning. How are you all doing? It's a real pleasure. Thank you for that warm introduction. We did have a good day yesterday. Um, warm greetings from Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, although, uh, I'm a bit hemmed in my mic stands. Uh, this is not a Scottish accent. Hallelujah, Jesus. Uh, this is an Irish, a Northern Irish accent, which of course is where God lives. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know how many of you have. Um, met prophets before. Uh, let me just give an introduction. Uh, if you'd invited somebody like my dad here, who's a theologian, senior uh, uh, international theologian and teacher, you would be getting your notes out. You'd be writing diligent things down because that teaching anointing would come over you and you would be geared up for lifelong learning. You didn't ask a teacher. And so if you'd invited a shepherd, you'd be like, oh, I just feel so nurtured and loved. That's not going to happen either. Okay. If you had invited an evangelist, you'd be like, yay, I'm going to give my life to Jesus again. Uh, because that anointing just makes you want to run to the front from an evangelist. Uh, do that, but that's unlikely to happen because that's not my thing. Um, but I'm a prophet, and prophets are just really quite annoying. And so the, the job of the prophet is to be a provoker and to be a little bit of an irritant. Uh, scripturally, uh, prophets don't turn up just to be nice. They turn up always to go, like, come on, there's more, really, is the role of the prophet. And so we comfort the afflicted, and we afflict the comfortable, and we are really the grit of the oyster of the church. So that, I mean, you invite me, it's your fault. Okay, so, but I do love you. So the aim is that I bring a word that I feel is what God is saying to uh, this movement, to this church, uh, and you get to weigh and test it. I'll be getting you to stand up and down. You'll feel truly Anglican at the end of it. Up, down, up, and down as we pray through different uh, uh, bits of it. Uh, how does that sound? Yay! Good. You know, you know, it's a real joy. I just have to pop and say hi to Danny Baker. I've not seen Danny in years. But Danny and Kay, um, we went to university with, and Danny was usher at our wedding 21 years ago. And uh, I, I was on the phone to my husband last night. Danny and Kay are here. And Dave was like, I love that man. That's my husband. And uh, my husband said, um, do you remember we were rehashing memories of you from student days late last night on the phone? And my husband said to me, do you remember that he was at the front of St. Michael the Belfry, covered in the Holy Spirit, rolling on the floor, giving birth under the power of God? Do you remember all of that? Yeah, we were reminiscing with that. And David, I've never seen such a tall man give birth on the floor under the power of God. So yay, we have some very happy memories together. Oh, <laughs> of all the memories, that's all. Oh Jesus, 
we welcome your glory. We welcome you to ride in in the clouds of majesty. We welcome your thunder and your lightning. We welcome your transformation. We welcome you as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And Father God, we love that you love us. But Father God, we want a power encounter. Father, we don't want to leave the way we came in. But oh God, our hearts cry out in unison that there would be a force of your spirit that would move in the midst of us. Oh God, oh God, oh God, our cry is for transformation in the deep places. And we say as your people, we let you in. We let you in. We're weary with putting in time. Oh, Jesus, we're weary with all of that stuff of church that isn't really you. And oh, God, something in us this morning is yearning afresh. Oh, God, something in us is stirring afresh. And oh, Father, we do the only thing we know to do, which is call on the name of Jesus and say, come into the room and start to transform. You were welcome to come in like that. But I'm done with the goosebumps and the hair standing on the back of my neck, but walking out the way I came in. We're done with the feel good in a moment, but Father, without something tangible, without measurable fruit, and Father, we want to be those not just that meet you, but have such an encounter with your power that our shadows heal the sick. We want to have such an encounter with your power that our hands know what it is to work the miracles. God, it feels like we need to rededicate our lives. And so we do that. We say, as Isaiah 6 says, here we are, here we are, here we are, here we are. And the Spirit of the Lord says to you, Ivy Manchester, that you carry a rare call of God. And that you carry one that many churches never get to step into. And it is the call as a movement to wild, cutting-edge pioneering. Amen. And you are not just pioneers, because many people are, and actually many in this city is a pioneering city. But you are wild pioneers. And that is very different from most other churches. And so to truly be new wine, you are to be the fresh expression of how God wants to be known in a generation and in this city at this time. And the Spirit of the Lord says, Ivy, you are to set a standard for other churches. Amen. And that is why your warfare has been great up to this point because there has been a massive wrestle to keep you under a demonic fire blanket and the Lord says there's been a wrestle over who you are. And the Lord says to you this is a house that is called to lead. And you have a serious call, but the Lord says there has been a total loss of joy in ministry and joy in church and joy in pioneering. And the Lord says, I'm going to release to this house 
a joy again at being Ivy, at working together, and at pioneering. And those of you even in part-time, full-time ministry, perfectly honest, that's all of you. The Lord says, I will give you back your joy in putting your hand to work for the things of the King once again. And the Spirit of the Lord says, I did not make you to look like the church next to you. The Lord says, you are made to irritate, provoke, and even set a standard for more than just the region, but beyond. You are to be different enough that the difference can be measured. Amen. And the problem often is that if you're only a little bit different... There's no measurability in that. And so therefore there is zero provocation to other houses of God. If you're only a little bit different, no one notices and no one cares and no one is challenged. And God knows that this brings a different sort of conversation to your leadership teams. Because it means that there's always a straining within this movement. Because for cutting edge pioneers, the default setting is never business as usual. It's never same old, same old. And the Spirit of the Lord says, deep in the DNA of the Ivy movement, though it has gotten covered by the rubble of the past 18 months, the Lord says, there is a call within you that I will not allow to be silenced, that you will be those who break new ground and rapidly pioneer again, says the Lord. Yes, Lord. You know, when you are cutting-edge pioneers and nothing is happening, or you're in the same zone uh, fixing things in consolidation mode, uh, it, you do feel like you want to spit. And God did not call you to be stuck. And the Lord says, I have given you a key pioneering mantle for the British Isles and even into Europe. And the Lord says, you have been fighting to hold that pioneering mantle on your shoulders in the last period of time. And I actually feel like your pioneering mantle is on the floor, not connected to you. And the Lord says, he is picking up your pioneering mantle and the angels are coming and they are putting pioneering mantles back on your shoulders as individuals but as a corporate body and he, the angels well they're sewing to be perfectly honest and they are stitching pioneering back onto the people of this movement because it's not just that leaders pioneer pioneering movements are filled by pioneering people and what I often say, because we are a pioneering group, a, a fairly wild group um, up in Glasgow Prophetic Centre in Scotland, uh, part of people look at us and say, oh, you know, you're the most extreme church, because I run a church as well as a prophetic movement. Um, and they say, you're the most extreme church we know. Do you know that makes me want to weep? Because if we're the most extreme, heaven help the planet. Seriously. Because we are nowhere near biblical normality. And so I feel like what the Lord is doing in the midst of you this morning is reminding the very core of your being that you as individuals are pioneers. And I find running a pioneering movement that lots of people come 
for short periods of time because they want to be around life, because pioneers <coughs> bring life. But they very uh, often move because they do not want to pay the price of stewarding life personally. And I feel like I'm in a room where your hearts in their default original setting are the people who actually want to pay the price. You actually want to steward moves of God in the midst of you. I don't feel like I'm looking at lightweights who are like, well, I'd like to be around it and then when it, it, it gets a bit too, you know, weird, I'm out the door. I actually feel like I'm looking at peculiar people. Biblically, that's a good place to be. Okay. And so I just want to, in fact, can you just jump to your feet? I told you it's up, down, up, down, up, down. You know, and uh, in the name of Jesus, I loose back to you in partnership with the ministering angels, the pioneering mantles that you have thrown off your lives. I pick them off the floor and in the name of Jesus, we release a stickability on those mantles to be set back on your shoulders that your wild, raw, cutting edge, extremeness and peculiarity in holding the life of Christ may come back to you as family units, as individuals and as a movement. And where you're, you stop dreaming, I now give back to you the weight of the ability to dream again. And I remind you of some of the things that you are called to do that you put on the shelf and you thought you had missed the mark on and God says, I am pulling back some old dreams and I am giving them back into your midst this morning, says the Lord. Amen. And you say, I receive it. I receive, I receive it. it. Okay, you can have a seat. <laughs> It is the day of extreme visitation. That's worth that's worth more than one amen, but thank you. It is the day of extreme visitation. And I believe that what we have had of the move of God in the last 20 to 30 years is only a small drizzle of the spirit before the greatest rain we have ever seen. And we are in the world are at the beginning of the great rain of the spirit of God. And the prophets are calling this the day of the one billion soul harvest. We are going to see mass harvest in the earth. And God is going to give us an opportunity to experience a great outpouring of his power and of his spirit. And just as Acts 2 verse 19 says, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. That are the these are the days that we are beginning in. It's the day of mysteries, it's the day of marvels, and it is the day of miracles. And so some of you, though you can feel your eye, eye, internal eye roll, so you're going to have to deal with your internal eye roll over that, okay? And you're going to have to come back to a place where you raise your expectation for what God is doing in the earth realm. And these are the days where we 
are going to have to say, do I believe what the Word of God says, or will I believe my personal history? What am I going to opt for? Am I going to let my experience shape my theology, or am I going to let what the Bible says shape my life? Because the Lord says that He's going to pour out His Spirit on all flesh. And I have to say, Great worship, guys, whoever was doing that this morning. Really well done. You could feel that you were on the cusp of the breakthrough. Amen. And that sense in the room of fear suddenly came in at the point of your greatest breakthrough. Did you did you spot that in your yes. own worship? Yes. I've got some nodding faces. Yes. Because actually, when God breaks in, and, and Danny, I know you said of all the examples to use you in that moment, but when God breaks in, weird things happen, and grown men do birth on the floor, and there is movement, and there is shaking, and there is shouting, and there is running, and there is kneeling, and I felt like some of you wanted to go there, and God actually wanted to take you there, but actually you're Fear is a serious issue for you, and I really want you to be those that see that the great move of God is not actually one day off, but it is here and it is present, and that we are not waiting for God. He is actually saying, I get church, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. And so we are saying to the intercessors, it is not a sin to pray, oh God, send revival because it's already come. And we are saying revival is here and revival is now. The job is how do I steward its growth? And how do I bring it to maturity? And how do I just get over myself to let God be God? Amen. And what we know about the Spirit of God, I'm so off my notes already, right? <laughs> what we know about the Spirit of God is that the first thing we learn about Him in Genesis 1 is what? The first thing you learn about the Spirit, He hovers. It's remarkable that that's the first thing we learn. But of course that word in the Old Testament Hebrew is the word rolkaf. And that word doesn't mean just a gentle flutter. It means a violent tremble. And it's used that word through the Old Testament to um, uh, delineate or denote people who are wildly drunk. And so the first thing you learn about the spirit is that he moves like a violent drunken man. Isn't that fascinating? That's the first thing God thinks you need to know in the Holy Scripture. In fact, God tells about the movement of the Spirit before he even lets his own voice kick in. In other words, God says, I don't even speak till the Spirit has moved. Hallelujah. <laughs> and you're waiting for words from God. And God says, I'm waiting for you to let your guard down so my spirit can come. Yes. And so you're going to have to practice that with each other. And you're going to have to give permission for each other to come back into that wild place again. And the Spirit of the Lord says to you, Ivy Church, do not get distracted. He says, do not get distracted with the small things and the same things. And the Lord says, it is time for distractions to break so you can see clearly who you are becoming. And there is going to have to be, I'll pray for you in a minute, a real, I felt like, 
distraction, I mean, everybody gets a bit distracted, but I felt like distraction had become a weapon against this movement particularly. And that's going to be in just red herring type situations that you have to deal with. But that is going to be, I felt like, with addictions. that There was a, a distraction by addiction against this people. And I don't know how you feel about your mobile phones as a major area of distraction in the midst of you. And God says to you, it is time to break agreement with your distraction. It is time to say, I don't want it anymore. It is time to break agreement with the smallness of your thinking and even with your repetitive thinking. For the Lord says, I want to release a new mindset into the midst of you where I give you new thoughts, new plans, new ideas, and new creativity. Amen. Now that is massive, and I know I'm talking at, uh, at speed, but when God says new thoughts, new plans, new ideas, and new creativity, that changes lives in an instant. Amen. And so God showed me that there had been a major battle in this place over new thinking in leaders. That if you led in a way that was familiar, if you led in a way that was repetitive, if you led in a way that was comfortable, that the enemy had a secret pact that he would let you get on with it. But the very second there was freshness on your mind, it was almost like it wasn't worth it because it couldn't gain traction. And anybody who was trying to lead or come into a creative pioneering place got worn out. Does that sound like where you've been? Okay. And so the Lord has said that we need to kill this morning your small thinking, to kill your rep repetitious thinking, to kill your distracted thinking, so that actually when I release the freshness, it has somewhere to land. Amen. Amen. So I want you just to take a moment of repentance, I can't do that for you, where you say, Father, I am sorry that I have got bogged down in distraction, in smallness and in repetitious thinking. Father, I'm sorry that my brain is just like in a cul-de-sac circling round on a tricycle rather than on a motorbike on a motorway going somewhere that my brain and my mind has become a battleground that I have not won with so this is just a time because I, I need to release the new to you but I need you to create space first Father we're sorry we're sorry where our brains have intimidated our future, where our thought process has blocked us from our future, where our fear has stopped the fullness of your move. So in the name of Jesus, I go to war on your behalf. And in the name of Jesus, I speak to every low-grade thought in your head. I speak to every demon of small thinking. 
I speak to every assignment from the enemy of cul-de-sac death thinking and I kill it in the name of Jesus and I pull that death blanket, that death pillowcase off your head right now in the name of Jesus and I lose clarity to you and in Jesus name I speak over you. Enemy, you may not tell them what to think any longer. I lose clarity. Come on, just grab hold of it in your hands. Grab with your hands. Say, that one is mine. I lose freshness. I lose new thoughts. I lose back a movement of creativity into the midst of you. Oh, that is massive for this movement, isn't it? It's supposed to be a highly creative movement. I lose the new books. I lose the new songs. I lose the new sewing projects, the knitting projects, the sculptures. I lose the new poetry. I lose the new creative businesses that are supposed to come forth from the midst of you. I lose creative thinking, even though you're maybe not traditionally creative, but creative thinking in your workplaces to know how to solve housing problems, to know how to solve uh, child abuse problems, to know how to have a solution in education, to know how to have a solution in the NHS, wherever you work, I lose right now by the power of God, creative solutions in your mind, and we say that you are commissioned again as a creative person under the power of God, and I break you out of the coffin of thought that you have got stuck in, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can have a seat. And the Lord says to you, it is about going beyond where you have been before. And the Lord calls your season the go beyond season. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's the go beyond season. And the Lord says, you will go beyond where you have been in terms of provision and seeing God in your finances. The Lord says you will go beyond where you last had a war. And the Lord says you will go beyond to a new day of victory. And I know there are some things you felt you did not have a victory over. And let me tell you even uh, about uh, uh, my own story because I know that you faced a lot of death. And I was um, uh, prophesying to my own team one Monday night, um, my core team who, who minister uh, and, and do deliverance and healing and prophecy all day, every day. There's about 60 of us who just prophesy, kind of like on a loop around the clock. And uh, they were with me, and I started to prophesy about a healing well. There's going to be a healing well, there's going to be a healing well. And because they're used to movement and used to working with me, they're off their chairs, the seats are all stacked up, they're in a center with uh, sledgehammers in the spirit, and they are hammering open the top of this healing well for the city of Glasgow. It's just, you kind of respond to the word, don't you? Just move yourself in response to the word. So we have just done this massive um, demonstration or, or prophetic act to crack over open healing for Scotland and for Glasgow and beyond. Two days later, completely unbeknownst to us, my mother, who had back pain, was diagnosed with fatal pancreatic cancer. And we have just believed God 
for this move of his spirit. And suddenly we think, well, isn't this great? Because God, you're going to show yourself faithful uh, because we've just done all this work in prayer. And of course, my mother died a horrible, painful death. And we have to, we had to deal with all of that and hold ourselves in a mindset that God was going to take us beyond in victory. He was going to take us beyond that moment. He was going to take us beyond into the fullness of what he had promised of his healing power visiting our city. And it was only after even some deaths and some losses that we started to see the healing power of God move in the most extreme ways. I have seen people healed of nut allergies with a prayer where a nut allergy would kill them. We've prayed, we've believed, we've given them a bag of peanuts in the front row of church. They've eaten the whole thing, which in 20 seconds would have absolutely meant they lost their life. And we have tested those kind of things and actually they have been completely healed. We have seen incurable asthmas go. We have seen tumors in brains melt. We have seen cancers lift off people. We have seen metal plates dissolve from people's bodies. And so I want to tell you that I'm not just uh, waxing lyrical in some kind of overdramatic way that you're about to go beyond. You're about to go beyond with war and victory. You're about to go beyond your last level of strength. You're going to be going beyond the last level of glory. You're going to be going beyond what you've seen before in signs, wonders, and miracles. You're going to go beyond your last business deal. You're going to go beyond your expectations and dreams. And so I say that to you because I know how the processes of God work. And so I'm here to say, don't you dare, don't you dare lose your expectation at a point where the enemy has had a victory. Don't you dare get your heads down when Satan has won a battle. You've got to say to yourself, I have a God who wins the war. And I know we talked about movement, but I really believe, I'm sorry, it is up, down, up, down, up, down with prophets. Yeah, it's just getting used to it. Sometimes my people don't even bother with chairs. Jump to your feet. Okay. I want you to work out a prophetic act right now. Are you okay for that? Prophetic acts are really important. They're, they're littered um, like talc sprinkled through all the scripture. Just be thankful that the prophetic act I'm about to make you do is not preaching naked or hiding your underwear under a rock like Jeremiah, okay? You're going, phew, this is just an easy prophetic act. I actually believe that in a moment you're going to have to start to walk. And I wish that I could say to you, oh, one little step like this, one little step in your seat is enough. I don't think it is enough. I believe that the Lord is saying it is time for you to step and say, I'm going to step into the go beyond season. I'm, and as you walk, I want you to say that. I'm going to step into the go beyond season. You are pet talking your spirits back into the right place. I'm going to step, and you may have to do it several times. I'm going to step. I'm going to step into the go beyond season. And I believe that just like it happens in scripture, something is going to happen 
happened so powerfully in the spirit realm that you're going to find yourself in a completely new place. Let me tell you. Oh, we're going to start a weird church. I had all my team lined up one day in a long row, big long snake of a row. And, and the Lord was saying to us something about going right, going right, going right. And so we kind of tested it. And we all turned to the left and nothing happened. And we all turned to the right. My entire staff were slain in the spirit like that. Just by literally going like that. Because sometimes your, your movement matters physically in the spirit realm. Does that make sense? So start to walk. I'm going into the go beyond. Come on, start to move. If you want this, you need to get out of your seat and you need to start to walk. I am stepping into the go beyond season. I am stepping. You tell yourself, speak it out. I am stepping into the go beyond season. I am stepping into the go beyond season. I am stepping into the go beyond season. Tell yourself so you don't make sure. And then you can get back to your seats. And then have a seat. But the Lord would say this to you. And you can listen because we've only got about 10 minutes and I've got about half an hour's worth so I'm going to talk very fast. The Lord says this to you. As you step into this go beyond season, the Lord says this, I will force trauma out of you. And the Lord says, I will heal the trauma. And the Lord says, the trauma that this church carries is not because of failure. Somebody needs to say hallelujah. Hallelujah. The trauma is because of the pain of the cost of the last season. Did you hear that? And the Lord says, you are coming into a time where my joy will overwhelm your trauma. Where you will wake up with faith thoughts that you never thought you would ever get back to. That you will see your way through where you have not been able to. The Lord says, there's an energy that I will put on this people. And you will see where to go and you will gain momentum, says the Lord. And the Lord says, the captivity of your previous season will break. I feel Amen. like I'm in church has been a church in captivity for about 18 months, if not two years. And the Spirit of the Lord says, as you move forward, an energy sent by the Spirit will come on you and supernatural things will happen and you will wake up with vibrancy that is unrecognizable. And the Spirit of the Lord says, my energy is coming to my
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
It ends internal bickering. It ends the desire to only uh, be cross and critical about one another. Because a relational warfare anointing bonds a people together to fight the enemy Amen. and to fight for their city and to fight for each other. And I really felt, this is very strong, but I really felt like you are coming to an end of repetitive seasons where you have had to deal with church fallouts over and over and over. And I don't know how old the Ivy Church is. I've not asked the question. I've never uh, uh, really asked about your uh, medium or long-term history. I say this really from no information. This is a revelation on my knees in Glasgow that you have had such crippling cycles of relational breakdown that you have been robbed from the full impact that you were supposed to have in this city. And the Spirit of the Lord says, Oh, can you not feel the spiritual opposition to that? That's interesting, isn't it? Okay, so the principalities and powers don't like what I'm saying, but there's not a lot they can do for it. Um, and so, uh, the Lord is saying, as I release an anointing for relational warfare, those cycles will end, and there will be a new God-spiritual dynamic that bonds you to change a city rather than separates you to fight each other. Amen. That is a stand to your feet, and we are going to do business with that. Let me just, really, uh, this is actually quite sober. Hmm. Father, we see in the spirit realm the brokenness of this movement's history. And we see how it has broken people and broken your heart because of those cycles and the pattern that the enemy wove in the midst of it. So in the name of Jesus, I grab Leviathan, which is really what you've been fighting, by the tail. And I say, you miscommunication, you misunderstanding spirit, you spirit that has made one see another the wrong way, I grab hold of you by the tail, you Leviathan, and I pull you out. And in the name of Jesus, I roll you up. And in the name of Jesus, I walk you Leviathan out of this church and out of this movement. And we say, Leviathan, you are going out the door. And I'm sorry, we're going to have to roll it up, sorry. Prophetic acts, don't you love them? Those of you who see in the spirit will see Leviathan squirming. Yeah, you can feel it because what Leviathan does is what is said on the platform is nearly always misunderstood by the congregation. And what the congregation say is nearly always misunderstood by the leadership. That's what Leviathan does. Does that make sense? Yeah, we're hitting something, aren't we? So we just raise your hands with me and, and start to pray and even pray in the spirit as I do this and just agree with me that the day has come to end this the day has come to end this so the wife that I grab you by the tail and I roll you up and I say no longer will brother stand against brother
circle there be misunderstanding. And we roll you up, we roll you up, we take you out of this place in the name of Jesus. And we open it seriously. Somebody needs to open the physical door for me. We roll you up. We agree that your day has come. Open the door. And we roll Leviathan out of the door, out of Ivy, out of this church. Come on, kick it out. Open all the doors and get that thing off this church movement. And it goes. And we banish it in the name of Jesus. And right now, you've got to hold somebody's hand. Hold somebody's hand. In the name of Jesus, I loose over you the anointing for relational warfare. I release the ability to fight as one to change your city. I release the ability to fight as one for each other. And I establish you, Ivy, in this city as the pioneering irritators who irritate for the kingdom with one voice, in one accord, with energy and momentum back within you. And I set you up with these prayers and prophecy to no longer look over your shoulder, but henceforth to dream again the bigness of God. And I bless you to be those who steward outlandish signs, wonders, miracles, and creative expressions of the goodness of God. And I end the day where you have been displaced as a movement from your full weight. And I loose back to you your sound, your roar, your force, your noise, your impact, your influence. Amen. Amen. Amen, Jesus. Amen, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I just heard the Lord say, it's time to fly. It's time for spiritual flight. It's time for spiritual flight. I really fully believe that God is going to visit an awful lot of you with dreams. And I listen up to you right now in the name of Jesus. Dreams about what you're supposed to do. And when I just said that word about I end the days of your displacement, if I had a show of hands right now, who feels they're in the wrong job? There's more of you than that. Uh, and I appreciate some of you can't say publicly, but I feel like you've been displaced from some of the things you're actually supposed to do. And so far, I loose the dreams back into this house. And we say, Ivy, you will flourish. Ivy, you will be blessed. And Ivy, again, you will be one who sets the tone for many. And we call your previous decade ended. And we call your next decades begun. Your season has changed in Jesus' name.
Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org media.